Uh, appreciate everybody signing on here. We're going to do something a little different today. Hopefully it doesn't completely bomb. Um, I'm going to talk about safety for a minute or three, like we always do. And uh, then we're going to launch into a podcast format where hopefully we're going to try to stay in uh, Fulton Paper Water Lane for the most part. But uh, David Roof and I are going to have a conversation and, and everybody's welcome to to join in and ask questions and uh, and we will uh, kick that off after the safety presentation. OK, so um, during the safety segment today, I just wanted to talk about um, situational awareness and and I put drivers beware there um, at kind of at the end of this segment here. I'm going to tell, tell a little story, but it, it prompted me to whenever this happened uh, shortly after I kind of it was a it's an anecdotal uh, instance where I was I say involved in this but or you could say happened to me um, so does everybody does everybody know what I mean when I say situational awareness so somebody give me an example of what they think that means to them I would say situational awareness is is understanding where you are in relationship to your surroundings. Yeah, that's good. But, all right. Um, yeah. So so Kai, that 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 was a, a pretty good answer. Um, you know, paying attention to what's going on around you, and uh, you know, even I'll carry it a step for, further and and say it's more recognizing what natural hazards exist in your environment. There. Okay. Like a gazelle at the water hole, right? You're drinking, you gotta, you gotta get a drink, but you always got one eye out for the gators, right? Or the crocodiles, I guess, is what they have over there. So situational awareness, I, I try to practice that where, wherever I'm at, okay? Um, but, you know, I, tensions are high nowadays. There's a lot of, you know, with everything going on, there's a lot of pinned up, you know, anger or anxiety or just, you know, I think people are more on edge in general right now than I would say normally. And and so when you get out, when you get out on the road, you may, you know, there's always road rage. And, and you know, that term's been thrown around for, for decades, but um, it, it may be a little more prevalent nowadays. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but what I'm what I'm trying to use this segment to do is encourage everybody to think about that when you're out on the road and and kind of push and preach the idea that no matter how badly you may want to, sometimes we shouldn't provoke other motorists on the road, you know, even if they're you know doing crazy things. And and you know, some of some of the reasons are that you never, you never know. There's too many things that you can't know about the person or persons that are in the other car. You know, you don't know if they are drunk or high or have weapons or mentally unstable or or maybe they're just six foot four and 260 pounds and, you know, are having a bad day. So I think it's better to no matter what the situation is and you know to let cooler heads prevail 
in those in those cases where you know you may think hey i'm gonna i'm gonna honk my horn or i'm gonna uh you know give somebody the bird or something like that you just you know you never know what what kind of reaction that that that's going to trigger from somebody else you know in the in the other vehicle um and sometimes you know the potential consequences of you know engaging or or reacting to someone else's uh actions you know can be existential you know so i just wanted to kind of put that out there and then just tell you a little anecdotal story uh that happened to me the other day it it's not it's not any big you know terrible thing but but it did really happen and and there were a lot of things that were going through my mind at the time so i just thought i'd share those um but i'm, I'm just driving down the road i think i was on the way to the gym just on a you know slow city street uh i would say even a lonely city street and there was a vehicle in front of me and I, you know I, I think the speed limit was maybe you know 35 40 miles an hour and this car in front of me was driving about five miles an hour and i could see the driver kept uh could some could everybody mute their mute their computers or phones or whatever you got there please um but i could see uh the driver who was going five miles an hour in front of me kept ducking over like he was picking up something out of the either the other seat or even the floorboard really like his whole entire body was going down behind the dash and then coming back up and going down behind the dash and he's swerving you know all over the road and he's going five miles an hour so whether it was the wise decision or not i just kind of whipped around him and went on by him and whenever i did that then you know he he sped up and started coming behind me and we came to a stoplight and he's behind me and he's making all these weird faces and i can see in my rearview mirror that he's a you know strange looking character uh looked like he hadn't had a bath a long time really crazy looking hair making really crazy faces and you know so i, I obviously that piqued my uh my radar a little bit and so as we took off he starts following me and he starts swerving really wildly behind me not trying to pass me or anything but just just acting really really crazy and like banging his head around and you know something was obviously wrong with the guy and as we kept going you know i made a couple turns and he, he i'm not shaking the guy right and so um i get to where i'm thinking i'm about to pull into the gym here what what's going to happen you know if i pull in and he pulls in behind me what what am i what am i in for there because i i'm a guy that walks around being at least trying to make sure that i'm able to protect myself at all times but you know if i i felt like i honestly felt like if i pulled over or pulled into the parking lot to the place i was going that there was going to be a confrontation and who knows what could have happened right so in that instance i chose not to pull into where i was going and i got up on the freeway where he followed me and is continuing to follow me and um i dialed 911 and they connected me to the state police when i think when he saw me pull my phone and i and i 
purposefully used my my phone and put it up to my ear instead of using my little Bluetooth earpiece like I usually do, hoping that he would see that I'm calling somebody and maybe put two and two together, which I think he did because he got off at the next exit. So that's that's basically the story. Um, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything about whether or not I handled that properly or or didn't, but you know it. There's so many thoughts went through my head, you know, about what would have happened if I pulled over. What would have happened if that would have been my wife or my daughter, my driving age daughter, or you know. Um, so you know, one of the things I did do is when whenever I got home, I I kind of had a little talk with my wife and I said, hey, you know, be real careful. Don't hawk your horn at anybody. Don't, you know, because I don't know. You just never know. So. Does anybody have any comments or, or questions about that? That's that's pretty much the story. Just just trying to raise awareness of, of the potential issue. Hey, thanks for sharing it, Scott. It's a good story. You know, I've had similar things happen to me like that too. And it's best just to try to de-escalate and move yourself out of the, the situation. So I appreciate it. Okay, you bet. Anyway, I've got the Mid-Atlantic area manager. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu master and just <laughs> overall uh, great guy, David Roof. And uh, we just thought we'd have a conversation about, well, a conversation about some interesting conversations that we've had in the past. What's up, Dave? What's up, man? It's good to see you again. Appreciate you setting us up. This is, uh, I think this is a good forum and I also wanted to say I appreciate you sharing your safety stuff earlier, and and as soon as you said jujitsu, I got to thinking he didn't know what he was in for, man. He was uh, he was looking for a beat. <laughs> so I'm glad that all worked out, and you didn't have to do it because you know as we as we train, we're not doing it to hurt anybody; it's to protect ourselves. So that's well, good. yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, every time you engage uh, anybody, you know, with with. Uh, if it's martial arts or if it's, you know, even if you're justified, you know, and you, you run the risk of getting yourself in trouble every time. So, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, you're right. Well, you know, I appreciate you having me on and because uh, I was thinking it's kind of like Joe Rogan, right, with the, the shaved head. I just got to get some tats and we can do this, you know, on a normal basis. Um, yeah, but, man. You know, for everybody who doesn't know, I met uh, Scott for, what, three years ago. We were down in Nivadel, Texas trying to get that stuff going for the 3195 and the boilers and all that kind of stuff. And you and I got to talking about uh, how you had worked for not only as a supplier, but also working for the for the mill. And I asked you a bunch of questions about, you know, what that was like and, uh, you know, how you how you use that knowledge to come over and and work for us. And, uh, and I, I wanted to just, you know, ask you about that and, you know, just talk a little bit kind of what you've done and how you've helped me and then get other people, you know, they can ask questions too. So you know, maybe you can give everybody a little bit of background of what you've done and all that. Yeah, man. Um, so it's, I recognize it's unusual, uh, my, my path to, to where I'm at now. I, I started off, actually I started off in the Navy and I was in the Navy for four years and then, then went to college. And uh, when I got out of when I got out of school, um, started with Hercules and was at uh, 
the lovely, it was Pine Bluff uh, International Paper at the time down in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And I was there for about four and a half years and um, moved up to Idaho with Hercules. And, and then uh, the power recovery superintendent asked me to come over and work for him as a technical assistant. So that was my first transition over to the other side of the desk, I guess you would say. And, and you know, for one reason or another, I, I felt like that was a good opportunity for me um, to really to get more, believe it or not, into the technical side of things um, and and learn the process a lot better. And anyway, so I did that and then he retired from it was uh, potlatch at the time he retired from potlatch and took another job to double dip as a superintendent down at Coosa Pines and uh, uh, it was well it was Bowwater became Abitibic Bowwater when I was there uh, down at Coosa Pines Alabama and like a couple months after he did that he asked me to come down there and run his recovery and recost area and uh, so partially out of loyalty to him, but also, you know, out of, you know, just just chasing career stuff, you know, like we all do. And so uh, it, it was an opportunity for me. So I, I went down there and did that for him and and then left there to go over. There was um, there was an opportunity at, at another mill it used to be Potlatch and then Clearwater and uh, went over there and worked as a maintenance and operations coordinator there. And um mcgee arkansas is a tough place and so I, I, t I took an opportunity to go to work for buckman so then i'm so I'm, I'm back over to the chemical sales side and so i was over there with buckman for about five years until i got another opportunity to actually be the they called um utilities module manager uh, basically the power recovery influent wastewater the Basically, I managed half of the mill, everything but the machines and the pulp mill side, um, bleach plant and all that stuff. So um, anyway, that's where I was before I came to Salinas and I, I, I came back over here just er, ever since. Ever since I was working for Hercules down in Pine Bluff, Dave, I, you know, I had a lot of an overabundance, even support from the applications group, Norris Johnston. Lynn Bowen, Marshall Lewis, and all these guys, you know, back then, you know, were constantly coming in to help me and, and played such a huge role in my development. Um, you know, even back then, you know, I was 20 years ago, I I always wanted to be one of them, you know. So when yeah. this opportunity came up, I, 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 I jumped on it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome because, uh, you know, I know one of the first things I asked you and, and we talked a little bit about it. And, you know, I think part of the reason when you and I were talking about uh, something like this in general, like the Pulp and Paper Water University Forum was, you know, how do we how do I extract your knowledge from being a supplier and also have been in the mill? Like, how do I learn to go to my pound recovery managers or fiber line managers better? And then how do I share that with my team? So. I mean, it's having you on our side. For one, personally, I'm happy, right? Because we're friends. But two, I just like to be able to pick your brain. I can call you anytime and talk about it. So I guess, you know, I don't want to, I could spend hours talking to you about this, but, you know, what would be maybe the top two or three things that anybody in our organization from applications, sales, managers, 
if you were going to go try and get new business or you were going to try and connect with the customer, like what would be those top important things that we need to know? Yeah, that's, so that's a, that's a great question. Um, and I, you know, I think maybe this isn't in order except for this one. I think I think the biggest thing uh, that I can share with you is to recognize that when when you're managing, say say your power recovery superintendent, there's so many other things on your mind that are more important than the water treatment. Right. Yeah. Maybe maybe not even more important, but just in addition to the water treatment, you know, us as chemical sales people, that's all we care, that's all we care about is the is the water treatment portion of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's I, I think it's easy to get caught up into seeing things through that lens like everything's about water. But when you when you're managing, uh, you know, the whole mill or half the mill or, you know, the power recovery situation, there's tons of other things there's regulatory constraints that you have to be responsible for there's operational safety personnel um you know so many other things the water treat for me you know i i guess for me dave it, i had a different perspective on it because i had been one of the water guys right before i was a, a power recovery superintendent but so i kind of i did understand that better but as water reps, I think um, knowing that your customers counting on you to handle that really and yeah. you know, bring bring things to his or her attention as needed and make make sure that they're aware of it, but also recognize that 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 the water treatment isn't isn't that man that customer's whole world, you know, if this, if that makes, if that makes sense and, and recognizing that there's a million other things that they've got going on and that can even, honestly, that can even carry over to like taking things personally, you know, like if yeah. hey, you want to knock on some, somebody's door and, and shoot the breeze or just say, Hey man, I've, you know, I found this leak on the, on the pump, you know, which is great because you want to take credit, you know, when you're doing things out, you know, out in the mill, and, and, and you should, but, you know, maybe maybe sometimes that that customer says, hey, look, you know, come back. You're going to have to come back later. I'm in the middle of something or, or whatever. Or, you know, we just, yeah. you know, uh, you know, had an incident or, you know, you never know what they could be dealing with. So I think that's one thing, just recognizing that. Um, and, you know, uh, I guess another thing, Dave, um, in terms of being able to better understand the customer. I guess that's what you're really asking, right? Yeah, I mean, like, so you, you know, what you were saying, too, is it's, it's like communication, right? I mean, it's it's knowing when to communicate, knowing how to communicate. Um, you know, for instance, we had an issue here where uh, there was a literally a miscommunication. You know, we're looking at one thing, they're not looking at it, and then we, we got to figure out how to talk about it. And, uh, you know, when you, send, when you just send a report, like, through an email or a text message or whatever, it, you just, you lose a lot of that personal stuff, right? Yeah. So I actually, I grabbed the uh, the assistant superintendent and I said, you know, let's, let's talk about this for a minute. Cause I know he was, we're going back and forth with emails and I know everyone's busy. I said, but if this requires 15 emails, it can require five minutes or 10 minutes of our conversation. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I grabbed him and, and we went through it all and we got done with that. And he was like, dude, that's makes total sense. So, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I think communicate. I mean, communication is key. And, and you know, sitting in the applications chair, Dave, I, I, I see we see a lot. Right. Um, yeah. And and that's that's a good way to get in trouble is is not communicating properly. The thing, right. you know, the thing that you also have to recognize about your customer is, you know, customers are people and people are different. Everybody's different. You know, you you, you may have a customer that um, likes being communicated to with emails or maybe mm -hmm. you have a customer that likes being notified of things and with a text message. You may have other customers that really like to see your face every day, twice a day, three times a day. And, yeah. and that's how they, that particular customer processes your engagement in his or her mill, right? So yeah. being, being able to figure figure that out, you know, getting that customer's milieu, so to speak, and, and making sure that you are on the same page. Even if it's not the way you naturally do things, it's, it's incumbent upon the water treatment rep, obviously, right, to operate and assume the MO of, of their key contact their key customer yeah. but yeah. but to your point yeah the at the end of the day you got to communicate what whatever that looks like you got to make sure that you're communicating and and you know i'll just throw this out there just for everybody you know some of the things that we see is maybe people's and i'm talking about water reps now you know people maybe their personality or or maybe their level of experience sometimes keeps them or they have a tendency to be apprehensive about communication because it's, I mean, it's a natural thing, right? To be, well, yeah. I don't know, should I knock on this door? Am I going to, am I going to bother the person or what? And so they just walk on by the hall, right? Instead of stopping in. And then that goes on for three months. And the next thing you know, there's a big problem somewhere because guess what? You know, um, I haven't seen uh, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, Salinas water rep. In, in three months and I've got a couple of reports, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Then, then it's. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I see that too, where I, I was that guy, right. When I first started out, I was what, 22 years old when I first got into water treatment and I was nervous as heck to go to the plant manager's office because, you know, now yeah. everyone says, unless you know the guy, right. Unless you're like you're hundred percent buddies. And even then still, like if you're at work, you're at work versus, you know, you're out having a beer on the playing golf or something like that. You need to have yeah. a purpose to go talk to somebody. So yeah. until I realized you can go talk to them as long as you have something that's a value, right? If, if I'm coming to you just to say, Hey, everything's good today. And they don't, they're not the type of person that just wants to be checked in with, like you don't have any value, but if they're the ones who want to be told when there's a problem and they don't know, and you know of a problem and you don't go tell them just like yeah. what you said, competitors are in here the next day. And this is a, this is a very small industry for such a large global industry, right? Yeah. People move from mill to mill. Um, you know, yeah. people that work for us, you could go and they could be a power recovery manager for a mill like you one day, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you need to have those communication skills and, and know right. how to build those relationships. Yeah, that's a great point. So great. it's, well, what, um, so, you know, I've got, I got a couple folks that, uh, you know, are, are younger or, um, you know, I'm getting them more involved in, in, you know, waste treatment that they've been doing mostly boiler before, or now they're getting into recovery boilers where they've been doing power boilers before. Yep. So, you know, what, what's, uh, you know, 
I guess what's a good strategy for you? You, you know, is online training, uh, taking them to a site, you know, going with applications, going with other people. Like, what's the best way you think to get those those folks more comfortable and learning on a faster faster pace? Yeah. So, a fundamental thirst for knowledge <laughs> is yeah. It, yeah. you know because really if you have that as a basis, right? Salinas does, and I'm telling you, you know, I've been with other chemical companies. I've, I've worked for a lot of different companies. Salinas does a fantastic job of supplying our entire sales force with support and, um, you know, tools to help them learn. All they, all they need to do is want to. But, you know, specifically, um, you know, the applications group, you know, there are a lot of folks out there, a lot of younger folks, you know, you were you were talking about specifically that that do engage with us in applications. And I mean, on the boiler on the boiler water application side, you know, there's four of us. I'm sure that's also true, uh, you know, with Don's group and the wastewater group. But yeah. um, and, and, you know, don't I would just encourage everybody, don't be afraid to, to give us a call if you got if, you just don't even understand something right um hey you know i've i've been seeing this or that and what does that mean don't be afraid to ask and that's another thing i'll say is you know sometimes we we have a tendency you know or or younger people or just people that are early in their careers may have a little bit of apprehension in trying to um maybe looking like they, you know, saying something that may reveal ignorance of something, right? And they, they're, they're afraid to do that. But, but when, you're, when you're young and when you're early in your career, that's the time to do it because, because the expectations are not all that great of you, right? But yeah. if, you, if you conceal that ignorance, for lack of a better word, all the way up until you're a 20-year person now, then it's not such a great thing whenever it becomes revealed that you didn't know something, right? So take advantage of it now is what i will say but you know there's online training uh joe has really moved heaven and earth and changed the world when it when it comes to what resources online are out there i mean there's there's almost no bottom to it okay you don't you don't have enough time in your lifetime to to sift through it all so and i say that to mean there's anything and everything that you want to look at um in acumen so um, same thing. There, there are all kinds of uh, charts, tables, case studies, um, product data sheets, anything that you want to look at there. There's also, you know, people in the field. I, I'll tell you just a three-minute story, Dave. When, remember when I was saying I, I, I left Idaho to follow my previous superintendent down to Coosa Pines? So I show up there, and, you know, of course, I've been around been around the recovery and the evaps quite a bit at that time but you know he, he looks at me and he says okay and by the way you've got this recost area so i've got a lime kiln i've got white liquor clarifiers i've got green liquor clarifiers i've got slakers i've got all and i'm like okay i don't know what any of this is and yeah. you know, and, and i'm in charge of it right <laughs> right yeah. so i tell you what i did man is i sat down with the operators i sat down with the operators and i said hey you know I'm, I'm a rock. Explain to me how this works. What, what are you looking at when you're looking at that screen? What do you monitor to make sure that, 
you know, your product quality is good. What do you monitor to make sure you're not screwing something up? Um, right. That that's that's a lot of what I did. So you know, when you're you know, talk, speaking to the, the younger people again, you know, if you're out in the mill, don't be afraid. And and it's a great way to make friends and and develop relationships. Also, but don't be afraid to sit down with an operator. And I mean, it takes time, yeah, but that goes back again to what I said, thirst for knowledge, right? But sit, sit down with an operator and, and say, you know, hey, explain explain what's going on here or there. And, and you know, that's not chemical application knowledge, but that's process knowledge that, you know, as we all, you know, we try to tie those two things together. We do it all the time. We do. That's why we do Pulp and Paper University to begin with, right? We have a lot of subject matter that is, unit operations and not just chemical applications. And the reason is, is because we want to set Salinas apart in terms of our value from a technical standpoint, because, you know, it's, te it's technical proficiency and trust, you know, back to your original question that you asked me, you know, if I'm sitting in the superintendent's chair, you know, what makes me value my water treatment rep well i got you know i gotta like him or her you know that's true of, of everybody but i also i also got to be able to trust that that person knows what to do when i'm in a bind or knows how to go figure out yeah, what to yeah. do yeah so that you, you bring that up and it, it reminded me of two things and the first one like i'm, I'm actually like in, in pain thinking about this again 22 years old right out of school i go to work for ge water and I won't say where I was and who I was working with, but anyway, this was probably like within the first month of me starting the job, right? Um, you know, we had the classes that you go to and you got your technical stuff. And uh, so anyway, I go with uh, with a senior rep and he's gonna start, she's gonna show me the ropes, right? He's gonna show me how to service. He's gonna show me how to sell and learn all the stuff. His idea of showing me how to learn was we pull up to the gate at about eight o'clock in the morning he gets me signed in. We go upstairs and we, we walk into the door, the penthouse of um, the utility area. And he goes, I'll be back in five hours to pick you up. And then you can you can tell me what you did. And I was and that was it. I mean, he didn't introduce me to anybody. It was literally like dr dropping me off and figuring it out. So, you know, I bring that up because, you know, we're, we're in a world now where you've got like we can do this, right? We can do the, the videos back and forth and we got acumen and we got textbooks we can do, but we got resources. I don't want anybody, whether you're a manager or not, if you're if you are anyone in the company and someone new gets hired on, like we have a responsibility to help them get what they need. Like I love absolutely I love getting with folks and, and being like, hey, have you have you seen this on acumen or, or have you learned about this in the field? If not, come to the mill and let's check it out together. So, I mean, that's that's something I think we need to get more people to do is just open up a little bit and, and be helpful because you're going to get something in return. You train somebody or show them how to do it and you only get that much better. So it's, but then you, you brought up um, knowing how to fix a problem, right? You know, yeah. when I first became a manager, we had a situation at a mill where it wasn't it wasn't our fault that there was a problem, but they needed someone to help. So um, we had a bad relationship at the time. And uh, anyway, we got it all turned around to the point of, you know, like those those mill folks would have us over for dinner. They go play golf with us. So, you know, you can go from being thrown out almost to going on you know, <laughs> golf trips and stuff like that with people because yeah. 
you're willing to learn and you're willing to, you know, put your head down and, and get it done. So I can't, I mean, I just, I can't say enough about how people, um, I know a lot of people out there do. I mean, I got a good team that does that too, but uh, you don't be scared. You know, you're going to stumble, right? No yeah. one, no one in this business has ever gotten it right 100% of the time. And if you have, I need to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you know, it's crazy, but. Um, yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree 100%. And, you know, anything that, you know, managers out there, you know, from the from the bottom of the organization to the top, I'll just say I don't see anything but willingness to help out there. So, not I mean, this is does not have a negative connotation to it. But if if somebody's out there feeling like that they really want to learn and need to learn more, and and are not being provided the the opportunity or tools to to do so. You know, I'm first of all, I guess if that's really if there's a case of that out there, you know, they need to they need to bring that to their manager's attention and, and so on and so forth up the chain of command. But I would almost find it hard to believe, man. I, you know, yeah. uh, like like I said, with the, the structure of all the training, I mean, like, again, Joe's got podcast. She's got um, uh, quizzes. She's got. I can't I can't even list all the things because I don't know where to start that are available, you know, with a mouse click and um, in terms of technical training and, you know, experience in the field, we get, you know, we ought to be getting that every day. Like I said, you know, if you're out there, you know, whatever the daily duties are, making sure that you communicate with your customer, right, being one. But but, you know, there's fires that come up every day out there in the mill. I know, you know, I know what that what that's like. Um, but you know, hey, to that point, man, I, honestly, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I've been cursed or blessed, but I've been in the right place at the wrong time, if if you could say it that way, a lot. <laughs> in my, I mean, when you're in the middle of you know a hurricane or you know a fire, that's where you learn the most, you know. And yeah. you know, if you're you're out there troubleshooting something, you know, I would encourage everybody to recognize the opportunity the opportunity that there is to to learn from that situation even though it feels like it sucks at the time you know man that's that's where the rubber meets the road in terms of your growth and development well and i i, I like that because i think back to uh, a situation where we had an issue at a mill and we were all kind of kind of panicking is you know what are we going to do and we actually had marshall come in marshall lewis come in and, and help us you know, he's yeah. he's the recovery boiler guru uh, that's been with us for for so long. Yeah. I had never seen a mill mill meeting room, employees conference room, and then us like everyone's panicking, don't know what to do. And he walks in, just like calm and collected, and every you could just see yeah. like people just kind of, all right. He's like, this is what we got to do. This is how we're going to do it. And yeah. uh, when we came out of that thing, and it's like everybody just you know better communication after that. You know, people were talking and listening to others about how things should should happen and yeah that's uh that's invaluable man just to to learn like be like you said right place wrong time but um it's just i don't know i'll never forget that yeah yeah like i said i mean that was that that early in my career just have being exposed i won't go into why um but for years i was 
like I said, almost overexposed to the applications group. And my goodness, it, you know, it, it worked. It was like drinking from a fire hose for four years. But guess what? After four years, I, I literally felt like, you know, I had been through what, an, what a normal person had been through for, for 20 years, right? Yeah. In terms of exposure to things, problems and um, solutions. And, um, and, but, but, and I'm, you know, I, I'm not trying to build myself up, but I'm just saying that that as much as, as much as that did suck the whole entire time, that's what I, I, I had that in mind, right? I was like, you know, get, give it to me, give it, give me more. Let me, let me see something else, you know, just, you know, I just wanted to learn. I wanted to understand things, you know, you, <laughs> I, I listened to, um, different kinds of people and podcasts and stuff and a lot of it's you know philosophical things but um you know what i've come to and this is just a personal thing but what i've come to kind of have as my mantra is always be in search for the truth like just eternally in search for the truth and and so I always wanted to understand how things work. Well, hey, you know, some somebody has a certain way of doing something. Is that is that the right way? Well, that's why we've done yeah. it. Well, it. Yeah, but is is that really the best way, or is that is that really how that works? Is that really the reason why we do? You know, so you know, there's a, there's a curiosity factor that 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 goes along with that too. But but I will say this, you know, your customers will pick up on that. You're you're engaged. Yeah customers will pick up on whether or not you are and don't think that they don't you know i'm talking to everybody out there right now dave i mean don't don't think that you're um you know are going to be able to bs somebody and they're not going to know you're doing it because because they do they may they may not act like they know but but they know so it's almost like they're i mean i've been tested right i mean i've been asked a question like they know the answer and they sometimes they know i either do or don't know they want to see how i answer it yeah answering it the wrong way that's 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 not good (laughs) you you, you bs through it man you're gonna lose credibility yeah yeah that's right and your credibility and your trust are, are are the biggest they're the hardest things to earn and the easiest things to lose right so don't ever be afraid to say i don't know uh but i'll i'll find out you know i I don't know why, but a lot of people are afraid to say that. I mean, I guess I do know why. It's it's the human nature. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, whether it's prideful or not, right? I mean, yeah. you no one wants to be like I don't know the answer, but I think I think if you you get past that, I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna find out, and then you get to a point where you can you can get their trust, and they're like, you know, you don't answer me right now, you know, if you need to, and then they, they kind of don't expect you to be like at the top of the hat. Now, there's some things you just need to know how to do. Off top yeah. of my head, but you know, yeah. we got we got like what 30, 40 people or something that, that are listening, and and I bet right now every single one of them could say, so let's just say we got 40 people on, right? And everybody's had 10 different managers throughout their career, right? It's 400 different people. Um, everybody does stuff differently, right? Everyone can answer a question differently, just like you had said, you know, why do we always run the boiler like this? Well, it's the way we've always done it. It's like the dumbest thing that you've ever heard right but it's yeah. it's, it's true but you so i think it. about it. you do and i think about it like from um from a manager standpoint from a father standpoint right like you look and you see how people do certain things and you say 
I'm going to use that. Or you say, I'm not going to do that at all. Like with my kids, I mean, um, like my dad, you know, he did this for a long time. And, and to this day, we're still talking. He's like, you know, I did a lot of things wrong about being gone as much or doing whatever. So like I try to remember that when I'm gone and I, I'm home, like I'm home. Right. But it's yeah. just, it's the thing. Like whenever you're at a customer site, you know, there are people who know how to answer questions and they know how to like Marshall walk into a room and be calm instead of you walk in with like 10 fire extinguishers and you're just ready to put stuff out. Right. Yeah. But there's right and there's wrong ways to do it. And I mean, I'd love for someone to you know give an example of what they wouldn't do, like drop a new guy off at a plant and say, <laughs> I'll be back in five hours. You yeah. figure it out. Right. That's yeah. That's, that's, that's a good example of what not to do for sure. But you know, uh, back in the day, uh, you know, there, there used to, there, there was a time when, there was more money, margins were higher. The, it was just kind of a different time. And and a lot of the water treatment companies had the resources to spend time training people right before, you know, hiring somebody. And, hey, you know, like if if, if you're the area manager and, and you hired me out of, out of college, you know, there was a time where I would be, you know, just shadowing you or, or, or one of your people for a year before I was yeah. put, you know, in charge of an account or, or with any, you know, real responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's, that's gone, but it's gone across the board, right? You know, it's like what I always say is like, you know, yeah, a, AT&T sucks, but so does Verizon and, and Sprint and T-Mobile, you know, it, but, you know, not, not saying that, that we suck or that the water treatment companies suck. I'm just saying everybody's in the same boat, right? Nobody can afford to do that anymore. You know, that's just the re- that's just the reality of it. That's that's the that's the state of the business. You know, we and so so we kind of have to make up for that as best we can by not well. First of all, really just being aware of it, right? And and again, you know, at, back to Salinas. I mean, you know, uh, Bob's been letting me do Fulton Paper University for three years now. You know, and this is you know. I don't know what the average attendance rate is, but it's an opportunity for everybody to get on and, and learn something and interact. And, you know, I, you know, we always try to make this a, uh, you know, this isn't just a death by PowerPoint thing. We always try to make it, you know, hey, chime in, talk, ask questions. Has anybody got a boiler inspection, you know, three weeks out? And if so, you know, let let me know and I'll make sure everybody knows so they can go get some, you know, practical field experience, you know, and, and those sorts of things. So, so, you know, again, I just kind of rambling at this point, really, man, but, you know, there, within Salinas, there is ample opportunity for everybody to get what they need. They just got to reach out and grab it. Well, yeah, I agree. And I think now, as you just said, um, you know, we're always trying to mix things up and that's why I wanted to, you know, get face to face I mean, for, for one I hadn't seen you in a while since everything that's going on in, in the world I and mean, it, it's nice to actually be able to talk to people you know yeah. jokingly I was gonna I was gonna have my uh, my face mask on because you know the, the screens is not <laughs> six feet apart from me but you know. <laughs> but you know I'm thinking that maybe to mix it up um, you know, maybe what we'll have to do is we'll have to do this again but we'll actually put our geese on and we'll have to show you know people what we're doing you know in the meantime right <laughs> yes yeah. we're, not, we're not able to go to gyms and stuff like we used to be just yeah. driving me is 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 your uh gym clo- has it been closed this whole time or are you back rolling again 
Man, I, I got an email that my son's Taekwondo is not opening up now until the end of July. We were supposed to open up the, this week, and they moved it back at least a month. So, man, I, I haven't been in since March, and I'm I'm, I'm dying, man. I got to well, get back to it. Ours is, yeah, same here, um, but I've been, I've been taking private lessons because uh, okay. I just haven't been able to stay out of it. But, um, but our gym, gym, like – weightlifting gym has been open for we're in the fourth week of it being open now so yeah so they did open some of those some places you have to sign up but i mean just oh, you know, okay. like at the um like at this mill they've got two shifts you've got uh a, a salaried people right so you know oh, for anyone that's on the, yeah so anyone that's on the call um you know we're going through it still uh you've got You'll work like three days on, two days off, and then you know, just have weekend coverage and stuff. Yeah. Um, so still doing that. Like all of our meetings that we were having, the two thirties and six thirties are this way now. We're not we're not in front of people anymore, um, which makes it difficult to communicate. But it's yeah, people are getting better at it, right? I think things are yeah. going to change. Yeah. So well, it, yeah, and and it is. I mean, that's that's inevitable now. Thing you know, everybody's talking about the new normal. And I kind of hate that phrase, but. Yeah, things are never going to be the, exactly the same as they were, and and you know I guess maybe necessity being the mother of all invention type of thing. I'm sure, you know this, you know this kind of thing that we're doing here is going to play out and become more and more prolific. But now that I think about it, marathons still I think marathons still doing that with all their uh, salary people too, in terms of shifts. So. Well, I think if, if it gets to be like this for too much longer, you know, we can't fly, not necessarily for business, but like for personal stuff, because I know we talked about getting together, then I'll just throw like a scuba diving suit in the back of my car. And I'll just drive out there and be like, hey, we got to hang out, even if we're, you know, 10 feet apart, we, you know, we got to hang out. Well, so. if you've got a regulator in your mouth, I mean, that's the same as a mask, right? That's true. I, I buy extra cartridges and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get like a straw, you know, to perhaps like drink a soda or something like that, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's no, been good, no. man. I've enjoyed this, and uh, hope we get to do it again. Yeah, yeah, same, same here. Um, I appreciate it. I hope, I hope uh, everybody else has got some something out of it. Um, if anybody, if anybody has has any comments, you know, feel free to speak up. Let us know. Say that's terrible. I don't care about jujitsu. Well, don't say that. Um, yeah, yeah, that that that's off limits. That's off limits. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the that's off limits. You know, it's funny that actually a lot of people do that type of stuff and we didn't even know it. A lot of customers do too. Not necessarily oh, really? jiu-jitsu, but they'll do, you know, martial arts and they don't talk about it because it's like no one talks about it. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll talk about it. I've, I've gotten gotten tapped quite a few times. I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> like business, you're going to win, you're going to lose, right? I mean, you yeah. got to get back keep going, so. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, no doubt. It's it's a uh, it, it can be it can be humiliating, but but <laughs> yeah, but, when someone weighs hundred pounds less, huh? <laughs> when someone weighs a hundred pounds less than you, and they yeah. throw you around like a ragdoll. Yeah. yeah, but I tell you what that does though that demonstrates the uh, um, legitimacy of of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good man. Well, uh, I hope uh, hope everybody enjoyed it, and you know they got to listen to your uh, your experience and your brilliance as far as going from 
<laughs> you know, over that to here, plus a technical. I mean, I, th I don't think it's a secret. You know, I call you all the time when I need help and stuff. But um, I appreciate what you've done for my team and, and the organization in general. You just get you, you help people understand how to go about it from the customer side so we can communicate and build those relationships better. And I think what helps us win. So I appreciate it. Well, hey, I, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, the same thing goes for you. Um, so I don't guess anybody I don't guess anybody's going to step in. So if, if that's it, then we can ring out. Yeah, man, we'll do it next time. Where you where your gee top next time? All right. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll do. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a, a rolling dummy out here and demonstrate, you know, arm bar from the mount or something. There you go. <laughs> hey, can I ask a question, guys? Yes. You know, yeah. you know I'm not shy. Um, maybe one of you can, I don't know who's controlling the meeting, but maybe somebody can throw up a poll as to, uh, uh, and, and maybe Scott, you can answer this too. Um, what kind of led you to applications and, and is there anybody out there interested in in going into applications because we're all getting a little long in the tooth and we're going to need some replacements out here um one of these days and and uh, you know i know uh you, you're a little on the younger side compared to the average application guy scott and david i don't know what your interest might be in some future point i, I know you're well qualified but I was just curious as to, to to anybody out there on the call, are they interested in that path? And Scott, what did you think your path was that that finally led you there? Um, yeah, that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Tim. That's uh, that's a good point. Um, yeah, for me personally, you know, like I said, it was it was the situation I was in when I first hired on with Hercules. Um, a bunch of terrible things happened, and um, I just happened to be in the wrong place at the right time and had a, had a tremendous amount of application su support from me. So I, I viewed those, those people, um, like seal team six, you know? And, and so I, it was almost like a, uh, you know, I wanted to get my picture taken with, them, you know, <laughs> you know, so I always wanted to be, be one. So for me, that was kind of a, that when I had the opportunity to do this, it was, it was like, uh, and it sounds corny, but it was a dream come true for me. So, that, but that's that's probably far from the the normal, you know, the average person out there within Salinas right now. But you are correct. We, you know, uh, we need to develop develop a pipeline uh, for you know for people who are I don't you know, and I don't I don't know what the perception is out there, Dave. You're probably the person to ask that, really. Or to Tim's point, what the perception of people's uh, opinion is of, of applications, like in terms of actually thinking about or, or hoping to or, or putting applications, you know, in their, you know, wish list sites career wise. I think uh, it is a great question. Um, I know I, for one, have considered it. Um, I mean, I've, I've never taken off the table, but you know, when you when you get into doing multiple industries throughout your career, you kind of become an applications person to a degree anyway. Right. Um, when you you know, you got like Jim Sides, who works for me, he's got you know, over 30 years. I mean, the guy knows tire plants. He knows, you know, pharmaceutical plants. He knows those types of things like you're kind of already in applications, which is why, 
you know, in Trek, you have some of these folks that are gold, even though they're not necessarily applications. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I look at the same thing that you do. Um, when I came to Salinas and I saw our applications group, I was blown away, not because of, you know, how good they are as far as intelligence, but how when they travel out and they're in front of customers, what they can do. We've already talked about Marshall and you've been there. I've had Tim there with me. Um, I've had uh, Don Holt help me with the 3195 trial. I mean, you know, you guys travel and you're part of the sales team too. Yeah. So if you think about it, applications is, is sales. Sales is also applications because when we go to a customer site, we have to answer questions. We have to figure stuff out, right? I mean, that's yeah. part of our job. So I don't think, um, I think everyone should at some point, you know, look at would that, would, would I enjoy that as much or more? Because you can still do both. You're still selling. People who love to sell but also like to, to fix stuff and solve problems, I mean, we do that now, right? Yeah. So that's, that's something to consider, definitely. So, and, and I think Tim, Tim's trying to say he's, he's too old, but he's not old yet. I hung out with him. He's good. <laughs> hey, guys, I put the poll up, and so far we have six maybes and one no, which is very promising. I can't see who said yes or no, but I do want to give you my perspective as well, because I came out of the field and the fact that I was in production, like Scott was, in petrochemical plants, in refinery, mm -hmm. for seven years before I went into sales with bets back in the day. Mm -hmm. And... You know, it's a different perspective because you've been out in the plant, you know the equipment, and like you said, Scott, my priority was production, planning, people, right, and then water. And I didn't want to hear about the water treatment because my expectation was that the Nalco and Betts people who were on site were going to take care of my systems. But, you know, from that perspective, I came in with that technical focus, went into sales, so I got my feet wet in sales and learned how to do that. And then moved into applications. And I think, like you said, after you've been doing this for about four or five years, you start to pick up expertise in a certain area and become very strong, whether it's wastewater, boiler, cooling, or even in the actual industries, right? Like refinery or pulp and paper water. So I would encourage everybody who's saying maybe we can't see names and we've got seven maybes um, just to talk to somebody in applications about the possibility of even doing like a one to two year deal that gives yeah. you the, op the opportunity to get in there, get your feet wet and see what it's like, realize whether you like it or not. You can always move back into the sales organization. And then when you later on decide I want to do this as a full time career, right, then you can come back as well. But there's a lot to offer and a new set of eyes when somebody from the field comes into applications. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's some fantastic perspective. Yeah, hey, this is uh, Mark's day. First of all, going back to uh, be aware of your surroundings. I don't know jujitsu, so I have nothing but praise about the meeting that you two held. Phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Realistically, I, I, I'm also, I came into applications from the sales side. I had 20 years of experience, and I probably covered three to four different plants. And I was always the curious type, and I remembered back in the days where we used to have regional sales meetings, and we got so much in the after hours from talking to other people, uh, you know, about how we're doing things technically. And I realized that I was in my own little um, city as opposed to a world. And what I saw was going on, just I think you guys said it, what you're doing right now might not be the right thing. So always ask why. 
And for example, when I went into uh, applications, I started off in wastewater applications and I had never seen a sludge press. I was a boiler cooling tower guy. And within mm-hmm. six months, I'd seen 45 different sludge presses, seen polymer units break down, and I really gained some incredible experience and that thirst for knowledge. And so uh, from my perspective, it was all about that thirst for knowledge and then eventually passing that knowledge uh, on to other people. So for those of you who are out there who are perhaps hesitant to talk to someone in applications, we love helping other people. So do not be afraid to reach out. And if you have the technical expertise expertise and the desire to help other people, I uh, highly encourage you to uh, think about the opportunity because I, I have zero regrets. It's been a, a great career for me. Let me add, this is Joe, to those who are in one account all the time, like those who are in the marathons or in your only going to one's mine or one of the paper facilities, when you get into applications, you suddenly get to see every industry, every type of plant, every type of application. Um, You know, if you're in cooling, you get to go see all these different facilities, the same with boiler and wastewater. So it's really cool. The amount of learning, yes, it feels like you're drinking from a fire hose for the first couple of years. But after that, it's really cool because you can actually give something back. And like you said, if you've been in sales, it's easy for you to step into that role as a coach and a mentor to other salespeople to be able to help them through the difficult times when they get asked something in a meeting by a customer or something happens where they don't feel that confidence yet. So it's really cool. I I enjoy it. Love it. Yeah, and I'll say from the sales side, um, I actually – I get calls from other people in the organization, you know, applications and or salespeople asking me about specific things because they know, you know, my team was, uh, you know, one of the first eye controllers in the IP mill, you know, Owen was part of the team that got the AF going. Um, we got the 3195 going at Newburn. You know, it, it, it feels good when someone calls you and asks you for help. And I like it whenever, uh, like Owen is on is on a call or something like that, and and I don't know the answer, and he you know he he gets it too, and like it's just it's crazy getting you get that knowledge going out. It's just it just changes everything. It helps the entire team and the whole whole company. So yeah, same thing from the sales side, Joe. Well, we don't know who the eleven are who said yes or maybe. <laughs> so like I said, guys, reach out to us. Let us know if there's any questions. Um, everyone's very open in the applications team. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, Dave, thanks, brother. Yeah, man. Let's do it again, and uh, we'll get together soon, I hope. Yeah. Get, get hang out. Me, me too, man. Thank, thanks, everybody, for, for hanging out with us. It was a blast for us. <laughs> so, uh, and like I said, I hope, I hope everyone got something out of it. So, have a yeah. great rest of your Thursday. Great job, Scott. Good job. Dave. Good job. Good job.